Welcome back to the Keeping It Together podcast. I'm Sabrina. And I'm Alyssa, and it's season three! Season three, but I introed it like it was season one. That's okay. It just feels right, and it feels normal, (laughs) and it feels really good to be in a studio, the studio, our home, Gotham Podcast Studios. This has been long, a long time coming. Long time coming. I was listening to episodes to kind of gear up for us to record same same i was i was was listening back and the whole hello (laughs) (laughs) every time episode anybody who's (laughs) stuck with us knows this bitch goes hello and it's always like low and exactly like that and you i it was the same this time too honestly i was listening through and i was thinking to myself my God, these people are not coming back to listen to me. They're coming back to listen to Alyssa, <laughs> who keeps letting me talk. I think every other sentence I would say like. Oh, Full yeah. Full disclosure, guys. Here's what I found out when I mentioned this to Alyssa, because I thought that I had gotten better. Nope. No, Alyssa goes in and she edits all the likes I out. do. So for her sake, I am going to personally work on this. Sometimes, <laughs> I'm not going to lie, in previous seasons, the reason we would post an episode late was because I would need to edit more and I would need more time to edit out either the gaps in which we would speak to each other and majority of the time, 90% of the time, when Sabrina would say um or when she would say like. And I say it too. I know that I do. But I at one point started counting, like a count of who says it more and if you guys have ever listened to episode 2.7, which you should, it's a really good episode. Um, that's when my boyfriend was on the show. This bitch said the word like 52 times. <laughs> she said the word um 86 times. Compared to me who said the word like 35 times and said um 45 times. Okay. So season three <laughs> is about improvement. I'm going to fix myself. I swear I'm going to do this for you because it's okay. you should not have to work it's that okay. hard. It's <laughs> okay. You know, it's all good. Sometimes it's fun. And then I'm like, damn, this bitch does not know how to speak sometimes. You know, my my dad will make fun of me for this. He'll be like, oh, like like this? Like that? Like, oh, my God, like? Yeah, like, my dad, too. He doesn't understand. It's just shut up, a dad. form <laughs> of life now. But before I go into a rant that I don't need to go into... We is back, baby. If you haven't recognized at this point, we're back in action. We're really excited for season three. We have so much shit planned. If you guys have been following along with our Instagram stories, we're actually getting ready to gear up for a mini series, which is going to come next week on dating and relationships. It was supposed to originally be only a two part series, and now it's going to be a four part series because of you guys. We have so many questions. We have so many things that were written in. And things that were written in for this episode, too, um, which is just going to be our catch-up episode because a lot of shit has happened since we ended season two. From April to now, it's now August 5th. Well, today is not August 5th. Today is actually July 24th, the day after my birthday. And I mean, we're posting this in like a week from now, but you guys get the point of it. So much shit has happened. And we want to catch you up on what's been going on with us and obviously want to hear from you guys too, not while we're recording, but afterwards. And we'll talk about another episode. My whole point being I've never been more excited for a season in my whole life because I feel like we're really – I said it in season two, but I really believe it now. We're getting back to our roots. We are getting back to our bullshit. We I am back on my bullshit. We are going uncensored. We're getting real. We're getting personal. Yep. Because, you know, that's what you guys loved about us before. Yep, yep, yep. We got real, we got raw, and we talk about the things that people don't want to talk about. Yep, I've worked through a lot of my own anxieties in my life as to why I was held back in season two because someone told me that. I'm not going to call this person out, but don't think I didn't take your criticism real because I recognize that I held back a ton. Uh, In season two, I went through like a job change, which I am now celebrating a year at my new job which is a 10 times better situation than I've ever been in my entire life. And I love all of those people enough to like share my podcast at my job, Mm -hmm. which is pretty fucking cool. So it feels good to just be present and real and uncensored and unfiltered for the first time in a while. And starting off with that. Honestly, you know, we're in a pandemic. The world could literally probably end any day everything is shit i'm convinced we transferred over to an alternate dimension back in 2012 and that's why things are shit so why not just be fully uncensored because yeah 
who knows what this world is. <laughs> yeah, I think a good place to start is right before the world ended and we were on a cruise. <laughs> and such a good week. It was such a, a good, good week. week. And I remember coming back. We talked about it in season two. I remember coming back and I was like, I'm going to do a voluntary self-quarantine for two weeks. I'm going to work from home for two weeks and it'll be great. And now I'm working from home for the foreseeable future. I remember when we were on the cruise, um, somebody had texted me and they asked um, if I could cover their class. And I was still on the ship, so I obviously said no. But I remember I said to them, I was like, LOL, this isn't that serious. It's just another flu season. Oh, yeah. My I, roommate. Oh, my God. I felt so bad when... My roommate. I'm at Kelsey. I'm when, sorry. When, when, we, when we came back from the cruise and I realized how serious everything was getting, I, like, immediately texted him and I said, hey, man, I am sorry. I completely underestimated. I was out of the country. I was in a nice little bubble. Oh, yeah. Where things weren't scary because yep. when we left, you know... We were hearing about the virus, and I think at that point, one person or, like, a few people in New York had got it, but it was a small handful of people in that week that we were gone. Everything and you just have exploded. to remember, on a cruise, if you've never been on one, um, you are isolated from the world. And that's why I love them for vacations, because your phone is off, your Wi-Fi is off. Like, you are so unplugged. They are my absolute favorite. But in doing so, we didn't know what we were coming back to and we were having to flex. We were doing virtual recordings. I was working from home. You had to move back to Ohio. Your mom, love her, was also freaking out. So you went mm-hmm. home. Kelsey and I like had this whole new normal and it's just been the weirdest fucking situation in the world that I would have never prepared for. And I am a person who loves to prepare and plan. Oh, I know that this is killing you. (laughs) I am dying inside. I want to like fucking combust or explode or something. And I mean, you know me in the past year alone before the pandemic even started, I turned into this huge hypochondriac yeah you did that that episode of uh how i met your mother when like marshall loses his health insurance he's like death is everywhere (laughs) that was literally me that's you to a t for the longest time so having this pandemic happen you know not knowing exactly what this virus was what it was gonna do you know the just the uncertainty of it and thinking oh my god i could get it and i could die and i was like this is it's terrible. It's it's <laughs> even outside of the virus itself, just the stay-at-home orders, everything has made us reevaluate our lives. They've made us really evaluate ourselves and our future, some for the better, some for the worse, mm-hmm. and a lot of shit in between. But I'm trying to stay positive. That's the best thing you can do. That's right all now. I can do. Uh, the one thing we did want to talk about, and I think is more for you to talk about too, because there's so many people who are in your situation. A lot of people move back home mm-hmm. and a lot of people have left New York for good. And that's something that I want to hear from you because I've, you know, I've stayed here. It's been a very different situation, but I want to hear from your experience. And a lot of listeners have asked us about this of like, what has it been really like to move move back home? Basically, you it was a big transition. It was very quick. I was totally unprepared for what was going to happen. I mean, you know, when I packed up my suitcase to go, my dad was on the way. Full disclosure, where I'm, where I was born and raised is about a good six, seven hour drive from here. So my father pulled the whole, you know, if you didn't hear it before, he pulled the whole, he drove out here, picked me up, and then he drove me home in one day. Um, so... When that happened, I mean, everything was so scary. They were talking about shutting down the state, and my mom, you know, God bless her, but she did get very upset. I mean, I fully understand because, again, we had no clue what this was going to take, well, what this was going to do. Oh, yeah. Um, and I, I don't mean to be, like, <laughs> given a sad note here, but I am her only kid left. So I yeah, understand that's why very she, understandable. Why she wanted me home. And at the time, I felt like just leaving the apartment back in March, I felt like just going outside, I instantly got coronavirus. Oh, we all so, did. We all <laughs> did. I, I mean, it's something we wanted to talk about, too, mm-hmm. of, like, different things we do now that this has become a thing of like Mm -hmm. how we had to start planning our time outside and then Mm -hmm. planning what we needed to do when we'd be out so that way we would never have to go outside again Mm -hmm. and that was a a big reality and especially I remember that trip 
And you came back in May, and I remember still being afraid to just come out and help you yeah. with your stuff. Yeah. Um, that fear. So, like I had said before, I only packed for maybe a month. So a month rolled around, and I was like, oh, we really we really ain't coming out of this anytime soon. So I... I kept saying office by Memorial Day, and obviously that <laughs> didn't happen. And then it was like office by June, and, and here we are in July. I had August. made the decision to come back over Memorial Day weekend. It worked out because you were heading out. And at the time, like, New York was still very shut down. Yeah. And I just needed to switch stuff out. Like, I, at that point, I was saying, I'm going to definitely be sucking home for the whole summer. And I'm not prepared for that. So I came back. And I mean, it felt good to come back because being at home, I love my parents. And I am very grateful that I was one of the people who was able to get unemployment Mm-hmm. So I've been, I've been able to, you know, take that leave off of work, you know, not have to worry too much, move back home with my parents. Yeah, save where, a little money. Yeah, save money because, you know, we're all eating together and I'm not going anywhere. Um, but it's a weird thing. And I'm sure there's other people that are going through it too. I, I, it's, I don't feel like a kid again. Like I don't feel like I'm a teenager again. But I also but you feel like you have to act like it again because you're with your parents. Well, yes and no, but I I feel like I'm also not an adult. Like I'm sitting there yeah. and I'm saying, oh, I was doing all this. I had really big plans for the year. Uh, we all did. I, yeah, you know, everybody had huge career goals, and I was really ready to go after them. And now I'm sitting back at home at my parents' house, 25 years old, single, alone. You know, and yeah. I'm sure that there are other people like me where they've they've actually, you know, gotten down on themselves a little bit. And a I mean, little bit? <laughs> it's more than a little bit. And it's okay to recognize it's more than a little bit. And I've told you this before. It's learning. It, my brother went through it because he was in college and had to come home early. Mm-hmm. You're basically giving up your freedom yeah. in doing so. And people don't realize that until you do it. You don't realize what you do normally. Some things you wouldn't do around your parents. And mm-hmm. and it should be like that because there should be that level of privacy or a boundary, whatever yeah. you want to call it. You know, I love to drink wine when I'm done with work. My mom likes to do that too. But um, I want to do it by myself. Yeah. Your rituals and routines that you would do by yourself when yeah. you lived away from your parents, now you're like, how the fuck do I do this now? Mm-hmm. It's like I can't fully be the person that I was here. And it's nothing against my parents and it's nothing against my friends and mm-hmm. all that. And – I, you know, I'm I'm happy that I was born, raised Ohio. You know, it helped make me who I am today. But that's not. It's not who you are that, anymore. That's not who I am anymore. In being there, I feel a little bit stifled. Like I'm, like I feel like I need to censor myself a little more. Yeah. I can't be so open about my opinions because the way that my mind works and the way that I act and the way that like I dress now does not exactly match what's going on and it's not to say it's wrong yeah no it's It's not not to say it's wrong it's it's really sad that people have had to go through this where they feel like they can't be themselves and we should be able to feel like we are fully ourselves especially in this time when we're all lost we're all searching we're all trying to figure out now who am i what am i going to do what does Mm -hmm. my future look like am i happy in my job am i happy in my relationship People are forced to answer questions and even have new questions arise that would have never come up in a normal circumstance. Oh, yeah. I mean, we've all been forced to really just sit with ourselves and analyze what we're doing that, and where we're going. That and we're around people a lot more, especially mm-hmm. for those quarantining with someone because I think there's two situations I've seen going on after talking to a lot of people. Some people made the decision to quarantine alone. And I mean, those are people who live in studio apartments. They live by themselves. Some people can do that. Um, My boyfriend, for example, he just moved into a new place by himself. He has his own place now. He loves it. He's fucking thriving. He is living his best life and it's his ideal situation. And that's great. But that's like 10% of people, right? There are other people who are in that situation who are quarantining alone and don't feel like that. They are – they feel really lost. They feel really separated. And there's also people like me who – I've been quarantining with Kels and God bless her soul, love her, but I don't know what alone time is anymore. 
I mm-hmm. literally have no idea what alone time is. And I I remember we got so pissed at each other because I went to go take a walk at work because I was so mad. And I was like, I just need to go walk it off. Bup, bup, bup. I come back in. Kelsey leaves at the same time and goes to take a walk by herself too so we could come back and just like have our own alone time outside. Even yeah. though we were terrified of being outside, we needed alone time. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that's hard too for you of trying to find alone time even though you're quarantining with your family. Yeah, because they don't really leave the house ever. Um, I mean, you know, they they weren't supposed to at the beginning, but no. And, oh, and disclaimer, disclaimer: none of us are encouraging you to go no, outside like, if you feel uncomfortable or feel safe, especially if you're in a hot spot. We are not saying go outside. That is not necessarily what alone time means. That's just what we did when it felt right and we were safe and with yes. a mask on. But um, so. No, my parents, you know, they weren't really leaving the house when everything was really quarantined. And then as rules loosened, is how I'll put it, in Ohio, my dad started golfing more. God bless him. I love him. But, oh, my God, the golf place that he goes to was actually linked to a surge of coronavirus cases. This was, like, over a Mm. month ago. So... But I'm sitting there and I'm saying, Dad, why why do you need to go golf in five days a week, bro? Like, it's okay. Oh, jeez. You are all over the place. I'm all over the place. Hey, but- uh, for anybody still listening, you should play a fun drinking game and see how many times Sabrina says, um, or like, or does something funny and drink. I'm really trying to control it. It's funny as hell. And I'm, I wish I had alcohol right now. I'm I would be myself. drunk. I'm catching myself. It's funny it. to watch. So... Yes and no, I get alone time because I'm lucky enough that the house is big enough that when I'm upstairs and I'm in my own little corner, Mm -hmm. I am up there by myself, but I mean, my parents are downstairs, you know, they're still hanging around the house. My mom doesn't come up to my room and, you know, talk to me a lot. She knows I'm up there Mm -hmm. to just be alone, but yeah, it's, it's weird alone, but not alone time because they're still in the house. Yeah. You know, and for example, uh, you know, with all this free time that I've been having, I've been recording a lot more singing videos and just kind of throwing them out there mm-hmm. as just just something to do. It's something that I can do right now that yep. could possibly help me later. Passes the time yes. and you enjoy it. But you know me, I'm the type of person where I don't normally will sing when other people are around unless like I'm in the shower or mm-hmm. something like that. So with my parents being in the house, I won't sing too much if they're if they're around, you know, or like I really hide myself somewhere right. and I yeah, you know, so I don't really have that pure alone time where I can belt it out cuz my house has some really good acoustics and I really want to use that to my advantage. You should. But we're under a pandemic, so I can't really be selfish about that right now. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But, which I which I get. I but what if there are any other listeners out there who are in a situation like you, quarantining with their parents, have had this sense of like I'm defeated. I feel like a failure. What would you say to them? Uh, well, one, don't think that you're a failure because I've done that to myself too. You know, we can't really help the situation that we're in Mm -hmm. we didn't we didn't ask for this and all we want is for it to be over and i'm sure you're like me you're following the rules you're staying inside you're wearing your mask out you're doing what needs to get done just keep doing what you know you need to do we're gonna get out of this at some point and if not we're gonna figure it out you know but Mm -hmm. you are not a failure because this happened to you you didn't cause this upon yourself this just happened Mm-hmm. And that's life. I'm a type of person too who takes comfort in knowing that other people are going through the same shit. Not necessarily to the exact degree, but to very similar situations. A lot of us were forced inside, and I am an introverted extrovert. Although I love and I'm I love being around people and I'm loud. I'm also an introvert. Um, so it's it's been really tough for me to not want to like hug someone or like run up to somebody's dog and pet it and like. <laughs> Little things that I would do in a normal circumstance that help me with my own mental health, that help me with my happiness, I've had to stop doing. You know, I have to be very cautious of who I'm around. I have started asking people, hey, how long have you been quarantining and who have you been quarantining with if I want to get together with somebody? For my birthday yesterday, we had a very small, very, very, very small thing. We just like stayed in our apartment. We had dinner. Um, 
you were there, Kels was there, Scott, um, and then I had two other people. Kristen was there and our other friend Jordan. And it was the best celebration I could have ever imagined just being around people I care about. But I remember in my head going through like, okay, I know these people. I know they've been quarantining at home. I know they haven't been around others. They haven't been out that much. And before all of this would have happened, I would have never in a million mm-hmm. years thought like I need to be careful about what they're, what other people are doing and I need to make sure that they're being safe just like I'm being safe. Mm-hmm. And there's all these different things that have happened now um, that we would do before COVID that, or vice versa, like things we're doing now that we would have never done. And that's something that I don't like to do, but I have to do it. I mean, it's important that you are one of these people who's thinking about it because there's a lot of people who aren't. There are a lot looking of at you, Florida. Looking, looking at, at you, Fort Myers. Looking at you, Ohio. Looking at y'all bitches in y'all boats on y'all water. It's, I see it. I seen it. I get it. Nobody wanted their life to stop, and people keep using the excuse. I I know of some people specifically. They were they were saying our lives can't stop, so they went down to. Disney World as soon as it opened up again and oh that bitch that influencer who documented on YouTube she was having symptoms and then went to Disney the next day (sighs) idiots it's just idiots 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 I get it you don't want your life to stop I didn't want my life to stop but because you're still going out because you're still you know living like there isn't a pandemic my life still has to be stopped. Mm-hmm. I know I'm not the only person who lost their job. If I want to be realistic. Unemployment but- is the highest it's ever been. And it's shitty to talk about because I'm yeah. a person at, at the point of my life. I'm so sick and tired of talking about all of this. But we have to. It's a part of our lives now. Mm-hmm. It is the new normal. It is so normalized now for me to say, stay safe. Mm-hmm. Stay healthy. Oh, yeah. I tell people what that all I, the time. I've never said that in my life. In <laughs> I my say that life. All the time. I just, I know I'm not the only person who got unemployed. And I'm also not the only person who was told, okay, when this is over, we're going to hire you back. I'm, I'm, in, I'm in that kind of field. And when I, when I went into the pandemic, I had two jobs that I was going to be able to go back to. And because of this pandemic, because we're still in it, because people won't wear their masks, I now only have one. And that's very upsetting that one of my jobs closed for good because that job I held very near and dear to my heart and it made me the Mm -hmm. coach that I am today. And the fact that when things do go back to normal in New York, it'll be a new normal and it'll be a very, very new normal for me because small business, a lot of, a lot of my life was built around that job and now that's gone. I met a lot of good friends. I made a lot of good experiences. It was a community. I I know I'm not the only person that this has happened to where your job has closed down for good. And if this has happened to you, I am so sorry. This is not fair. We should not be going through this. No, small business took a hit, man. And everything that I do now, I do it with a lens of can I order from this restaurant directly? Um, I'm in a book club now and I look at what are local bookshops around me that I can order from. And making sure that I am still supporting small business because that is so important to me now. New York is a community that is built around people helping each other, people looking out for each other, and especially when it comes to small-owned businesses. This studio is one that I was so scared and it was the first place I thought about, like, I hope to God we can still come back here. And I am so happy and relieved to just be back here because Mm -hmm. it's the first thing that feels like home and the first thing that feels like normal just being back somewhere and seeing it pull through was like such a win Mm -hmm. i remember seeing the instagram post that gotham was coming back and it gave me this like boost of confidence of like if they can come back i can come back too and i can be bigger and better and no longer depressed like i was before and it's little things like that where we just need an ounce of hope i just need a little ounce because you know, mm-hmm. where you at before was, it was so near and dear to my heart as well. And when it, we got all the, the comms that it wasn't coming back, I cried. And oh. I don't cry at a lot of things. Like, I it was, was I like was so upset. somebody just like beat you down one more time. Here we go. That was one of the hardest conversations I've ever had with my boss because he actually didn't tell me right away. He didn't know what to say to me because we had built this, you know, good relationship that he knew it was going to be very hard to tell me, hey, we're not going to reopen. And 
It's just wow. And New York is a city that is built on all of these small business, small restaurants, small stores, all that stuff. Bodegas. Yeah, we have we have some of our chain stuff here, but a lot of it is small boutiques, small studios, small restaurants, all that stuff. Every time I leave New York, I realize how much I don't go to chain places. I don't go to chain restaurants unless if it's Shake Shack because I love Shake Shack and that's different because mm-hmm. it started here. But outside of that, I do not go to like an Outback Steakhouse or I don't go to like a Chili's or like a TGI Friday's or some ran a Chipotle. Like I just don't do that. Okay. I do Chipotle here, but like I will eat at um, Chopped, which is a chain New York company. It's a New York based company. They have multiple locations. Yes, but it's a yeah, small, but it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a small business. Based. I am kind of disgusted with myself at how much chain restaurant food I've had since being home. Um, but it's also a town that is not like New York. New York is such a one-of-a-kind place yeah. that it brings me a lot of hope to see we're pulling through and we're doing so well. Because there's a lot of shit going on, but I think this is a good moment to start talking about all the positives that have come out of this. Yes. I do, as much as I want to bitch and complain, <laughs> I do, and I could see myself going on a rant. There has been a lot of good shit coming out of this. And seeing a lot of businesses that have pulled through have given a lot of other people hope. There was a business in our neighborhood. It was this restaurant that actually was in construction in February. And they opened the week before we went on vacation in March. And that was a brand new, small Italian restaurant. Super cute. The food looked great. They had to shut down immediately. And now they're back open. And I remember seeing that and like, wow, that's amazing. I remember when Luigi's, our favorite pizza shop, opened back up. that was like the best thing in the world to see i got i got a pepperoni slice and i got their chicken parmesan slice and it was life-changing oh my goodness but it's little things like that just seeing those little ounces of hope can do so much for someone Mm -hmm. you know and really just looking at like okay we're gonna get there we're gonna get there eventually it may not be today but we're gonna fucking get there And there's a lot of new normals and new daily routines that we have done with this. When all of this first started, I was a lazy piece of shit. I would roll out of bed at like 9.45, then sign on. um, And I would get like trashed the night before. I would drink a lot. A lot. And now I'm actually prioritizing my health for the first time in a long time. Yeah. I took advantage of the quarantine at the beginning i was not working out as much as i was i wasn't getting up early and my nutrition and such just fell off the deep end yeah but i was taking advantage of the situation that i really didn't have to worry at that time oh my gosh did that negatively impact me yeah um where i was i was saying to myself okay we need to we need to build some sort of routine so you know, I get myself up at the same time every day. I make myself still work out every day because my body needs that. I'm not really moving around much yep. outside of that. Yeah. And I'm not letting myself eat whatever I want to eat. I'm still focusing on trying to still get the right things in my body. It's a little yeah. bit more relaxed than what it was pre-quarantine. But The amount of times I snack now is a lot. It's a lot. I have little snacky snacks like every hour. Little snacky snacks. A little snack for a snack. Like I've had to really limit that. That was rough for me at first. I am such a snacker. My office used to have in the front of it all these drawers and they were there were like two different cabinets filled with snacks for us to choose from. And I would like go in the morning, pick like five or six different things and bring it with me. And then when we were home, I was like, I need snacks. And mm-hmm. I would snack like shit. Like lots of chips and crackers and shit that I do not need. And I put on a little quarantine weight. It's there. It's there. But we're trying to defeat it. I I definitely packed on a little bit. I mean, I was already kind of... When when we went on our cruise, I did not feel that great about myself. I definitely felt like I was bloated, if that makes sense. Sure. I I felt like I was not as... I guess, fit as I had been before, like, I guess the new year, we'll say. Um, So going on that vacation and then going right into that quarantine was not good. And I mean, I've worked out and I feel like I'm getting myself back close 
But don't gosh darn don't it. go there but gosh darn it these, these you are beautiful no, no matter I know. what and our bodies are always going to be in fluctuation no i know i like i feel good but i think i hit that point where i where i let myself gain the weight on the hips and the hips are not going down the the, the hips went out everybody's got that one place you're like the i waist, just want to lose weight here just the, here why is it everywhere in. else the waist went back in because the waist went out when the hips went out but then when i tried to you know Get rid of it again. Just just the waist. So, yes. Okay, sure. I may have the body type that women want now. It's in pop culture, all that stuff. But, oh, my God, it's hard to buy pants. I can't wear half of the cute skirts that I literally bought three months ago. Yep. I put them on and I, like, I button them down. And I'm like, oh, my God, you can see my underwear. This of is how why much the, the I skirts. wear jeggings. I don't wear real jeans. I have pants on today for the first time in a while. Um, I feel very put together today. But if you see me on the reg, I am leggings and a T-shirt. Sometimes now I wear a dress so it looks nice and I mm. look put together. But I am not. Oh, wearing, I am not. Wearing the leggings all the time is what is what got us, girl. Yep, because we because we didn't feel anything because they're so stretchy and comfortable. Yep, but honestly, leggings are way life, and I have no regrets. I have no regrets with it whatsoever. Honestly, absolutely none. I bought I bought a skirt off of Amazon. It's a jean skirt, and it's actually very stretchy, and it fits well. So you know what? I just have to find different skirts. There are worse things that could have happened to me. There in the are quarantine. worse things that could have happened, and I look at the positive mm-hmm. side of things. I have a person who said, I'm going to get my shit together. I'm going to get my shit together. And then I wouldn't get my shit together. And now I feel like for the first time I am. Like I am prioritizing me and mm-hmm. prioritizing making sure I put myself before anything else for the first time in a long time. And I have finally defined my work boundaries and actually shutting shit off and not going back to it that night, not looking at chats or at emails or whatever it may be for the first time in a long time. And it feels really fucking good. Yeah. And I think something too important for those that do still have a job and everything, I have noticed this trend of people actually starting to talk about mental health at work. People are actually checking in with each other and making sure we're okay. I think that's absolutely amazing um, because this, there I go. Um, <laughs> this quarantine, y- you know, we've all been forced to just sit with ourselves and our thoughts. And I know that at least for the first two months or so of quarantine, me sitting with my thoughts was very rough. Um, it can be rough for anybody who's yes, never done it before. Exactly. But it was also time where I needed to force myself to sit and think about what I needed to do as far as you know, planning ahead for the future. Like, okay, do I want to stay in this career? Do I want to maybe switch careers? Do I want to go back to school? You know, and really evaluating, you know, my own self and my own It's having uncomfortable conversations that we would have never had Mm -hmm. otherwise, but needed to happen more than ever. Also, it was a time where I pretty much was forced to grieve with my family. It was the first time me and my parents had been together for longer we hadn't even been together for a week it's been it's been less than a week anytime we've been together since my brother passed away so having to go home and be with my parents and all of us you know get together because we obviously were not healed from it at all but us finally being together and just being able to talk and you know on the anniversary of the death was uh the we the day after memorial day or whatever Mm -hmm. and you know, we went to his bench and we released balloons where we put messages inside the balloons and we just released them up to That's cute. the sky. And it was it was good. And we've been able to heal as a family because... That's important. When That's I, important. When I came back to New York, yeah, I started going to therapy and yeah, I started doing self-care stuff. But I was able to avoid the issue. When I went home, I went back back to sleeping in my bedroom that is across the hall from his old bedroom. Yeah. So I had to deal with a lot of that stuff, but honestly, I needed to. If anything, the pandemic was the universe's way of telling me like, hey, bitch, you are not good. You need to go home. You need to figure your stuff out. I have told everybody and anybody who knows me knows this personality trait of me. You cannot put shit off. You have to deal with it when 
you least expect it. And usually it's dealing with it right away because the more and more you put something off, the more and more anxious you're going to get and the more and more you're going to build something up in your head. Mm -hmm. Literally, anytime shit would get weird between me and you or me and Kelsey, what do I do? I fucking open your door. Oh my God. Like, hi, bitch, let's talk. What's going on? Hi, we're not going to be sad. So if anybody wants to understand why I am now a person where if we have an issue, I want to talk about it. I don't want to push it to the side i want to talk about it you it's can. because of her because you she can. forces me to talk about things. i tell and it- everybody this like <laughs> and and you got to do it on your own terms you have to figure it out in your own way but i am a person where i have to deal with it immediately and i love that people are starting to shift in this mindset of like oh i can't put this off because i don't know what tomorrow is going to bring i don't know what's going to happen and i don't want to be in a situation where I feel like this again. Mm -hmm. And it's really putting your mental health over everything else. I never thought in a million years I would get on a Google Hangout with my boss and cry. Um, But I did. But I did. Um, I won't get too much into it, but we lost one of our coworkers back in April, and it really shook shit up. Mm -hmm. And it was this moment where I had to break down a lot of walls and realize – we're all going through this shit together and I just need to deal with it with them and I can't avoid this. And I remember being on a hangout with two people and we sat on this hangout for six hours together and just cried and just cried Honestly, and talked. sometimes you need a good cry. You know, sometimes it just feels better, especially right now. We don't have yeah. much of an escape for when we do feel overwhelmed. Like if you were still in the office, if you got overwhelmed, you could... Oh, do, I would do a lap around the office. I could or do a go lap. Outside. We had a cafe. We were in um, one of the World Trade buildings, and my agency I'm with, they had this cafe on one of the floors above us. So I would go get a coffee, get a little snack, mm-hmm. like a little cookie, a little muffin, a little something. Or I could go outside and walk by the water because we were in the financial district. So there was all of these different spaces you could walk. And I don't have that luxury now. And a lot of people are like me where we could go and like walk away from the situation and come back to it. We can't really do that. Mm -hmm. And it forces us to put our shit aside and keep pushing when sometimes I don't want to push. I want to deal with it. I want to pause. I need to take a break. For the first time in my career, I actually have taken mental health days. I have told somebody I'm not doing okay and I need to take tomorrow off because if I come into work, it's not going to be pretty. And that's a big win for me of recognizing I'm not okay and I need to take the time that I need to be okay. I think that that is amazing. I hope that one thing that comes out of this pandemic is, I mean, we were, society was already kind of shifting that way before, but people understanding the seriousness of mental health. And, you know, we are, you know, part of the millennial generation and it was, well, we're more towards the tail end, but it was kind of us that started making mental health known, you know, right. with social media and stuff like that. People were talking about on the Internet. So I remember people being, were finding communities to talk yeah, about it with. I remember being in like seventh grade and seeing people talk about being depressed. And I was like, what's depression? You know, and it's my parents generation and the boomer generation where, oh, there's something wrong. You're, right. We're not going to talk about it. Like, yeah. we're not going to do that. And oh, yeah. There would be times when I was a kid, like, if something was wrong, my family and I would not talk about it. And that's not okay. And I remember being in therapy when I was, like, 10 years old and it being hidden. And it was like, oh, she just has a doctor's appointment. Or, oh, she's going to be leaving early to go to skating. Oh, she's going to be doing something else. Like, no one would just say, hey, she's in therapy. Like, she's talking to a therapist. Yeah. What's wrong with this situation? See, and there's there's nothing wrong with that. We need to quit with this negative stigma with it because I think you we're know, getting there. I think we're getting there. Yeah. It's not there yet, but I think we're really striving to it. I know me personally, I didn't actually fully accept that there could be something wrong with me until my brother died. Like I was listening to episodes and you know, episodes back in twenty eighteen and I talked about, oh, I you know, I'm anxious, blah blah blah. But even back then, I wasn't fully coming to terms like, hey, there's something wrong because I wasn't going to therapy. I wasn't doing things to, you know, um, fix the problem. I was more so pushing it aside. (laughs) And a a lot of the reason why I did that is because I had such strong negative stigmas with, you know, mental health 
And I don't know why I did because I was fully accepting of, you know, if I knew somebody had depression or they were anxious or whatever. Like I was accepting of that. But I couldn't be accepting of it for myself. Mm -hmm. And it negatively impacted me because when my brother died, it was like my mental state exploded. And, and I now this whole situation has probably heightened that explosion. It's 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 definitely made it worse. Um, well, not worse, but it's I definitely feel a lot more emotional now. But you know, one of the big things that I've sat and thought about in quarantine is I really just examined my brain, and you know, while in quarantine, I could have been doing a lot of stuff. I could have been you know learning, uh skills or i could have been taking more classes you know i could have been doing stuff virtually but mentally i couldn't you know get myself to do it and sometimes you you have to take that break and there were a lot of people out there pushing people to do things pushing people to learn a new skill when i have told everybody this quarantine was the best fucking thing that ever happened to this world in this time Mm -hmm. i posted on my instagram story and i had a lot of people give me shit for it but it's the fact of the matter is we lived in a society where it was go, 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 especially in New York. You know, New York Minute is not a joke. Trying to get somewhere, always having to get something done and getting it done very quickly and having these unlimited options to us, having everything thrown in our face constantly 24-7, mm-hmm. quarantine made everybody pause. And everybody needed to pause and have this reevaluation, this examination of our lives and I think it's for the better. I think it truly is for the better because it makes people more conscious and aware of what they're doing, how they're feeling, mm-hmm. and especially prioritizing themselves. Like you said, you examined your brain and who you are. You would have never done that in a normal circumstance. Oh, no. And that's and a huge thing to recognize. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Totally. Because, you know, I mean, I guess full disclosure, I you took I – was, I was doing some online research and I took some assessments and – you know, thinking about who I was back when I was in college and back when I was in school and adding things up and, you know, my brother, I think that I might have adult ADHD. I'm talking with, uh, you know, a professional about it and we're trying to figure out, okay, you know, we're trying to figure out what symptoms I have. And as I was going through research and taking these assessments a lot of things started to make sense. I'm not trying to self-diagnose myself because no. that's the professional's job. Right. But I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh. Oh, I get irritated easily? Oh, that's a sign of it? Oh. And I've always been like that. And I was a kid that always got the recess yeah. taken away for talking too much. It's and- becoming more self-aware and it's mm-hmm. not a negative thing. There's this stigma of recognizing what our so-called flaws are when they're not mm-hmm. necessarily flaws they're reactions to things yeah there are things that can trigger us that we would have no idea have triggered us before yeah and i i had i'd always wondered why god like i would flip off the handle so easily and i know you've seen it kelsey's seen it and then i started thinking about you know i didn't go back to school to you know to grad school i mean it helped that i didn't get in anywhere but like mentally right mentally my brain couldn't sit in a classroom anymore you know me i'm a very hands-on person when i learn you know me when we're Mm -hmm. having conversations you'll be telling me something and then halfway through the conversation you're like hello and i you know i clocked out of the conversation i don't mean to do that and you know before the quarantine i didn't realize how bad it was and then i sat in quarantine with myself like oh like this is not okay yeah and now is the time to figure out, okay, if I do have this issue, or I don't want to call it an issue. If I do have this condition, we'll call it a condition. Um, now's the time for me to get it figured out, get it yeah. settled, get the right treatment for it. Because yep. then... Really understand who you are yes. and and what you can do to make it a part of you in the mm-hmm. best way possible. Because when things... Because I'm going to say when, because I have hope. When things get back to the new normal... Mm-hmm. I want to be able to jump right in. Like right yeah. now is the time for me to be making plans, for me to be figuring out what's going on with me. And when I get that okay go, I'm going You're right back in. Go. I'm ready to go, but I'm taking care of myself. Now's the time to yeah. take care of yourselves, guys. And that that's a good thing. It is a really good thing. And I hope 
it's a trend that I see continue because more than ever we're going to need it. We have to stick together and build each other up instead of tear each other down and have this society built around hiding shit away from each other. We just can't keep doing that anymore. You know what I've realized? Everybody has something wrong with them. There is no perfect human brain. Everybody has something. And honestly, just own it because that something makes you who you are. Like, yeah, I get erratic and emotional sometimes, Mm -hmm. but guess what? That's just who I am because with all my emotion – you know, I could I could cry for an hour, but then I will love you with all my heart. Yep. So people tell me I'm way too out there and I'm too much. And I'm like, bitch, you ain't enough then. If exactly. you think I'm too much, try again. Because someone said that to me at work, uh, not my at my current job, at one of my previous jobs. And I was like, what do you mean I'm too much? I just have a lot of passion. I have a lot of drive for what I do. I love this shit. What do you mean that's too much? And I, like, for two almost two years, like, had to take a step back and hold my shit back because I felt like I was too much. And now I'm owning it. Now I am channeling it to be confident and to take charge and to do the things that I want to do without fear. And without quarantine happening, I would have never became that person. I would have never felt empowered to just be me for the first time in a long time. And I've listened to it in past episodes. I listened to it in season two when I was holding my own shit back and realizing, wow, I was really not okay. And I was really holding myself back in a way that I should have never held myself back. This this life is too short for you to not truly be who you are because when you are truly who you are, you're, you're, just, you're happy. And the people who love you and care about you they're they're still gonna be there they're, because they love you for who you they are. They ain't going anywhere. And if, and if and if somebody leaves because of who you are, then they weren't meant to be in your life anyways. The real homies stick around through thick and thin, and even if you don't talk to them every day, they will be there when you do when you are, and you pick back up like nothing has ever changed. Mm-hmm. And at this moment in time, before we have to wrap shit up, I realize we forgot our segment. What's your struggle? What's your struggle? <laughs> I literally looked at the time and was like, ha! we got to wrap up, but oh, we forgot. What's your struggle? Um, my my biggest answer for this. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, oh. hold on. I don't have a voiceover for this yet, but I was really hopeful that I was going to have one. Ready? What's your struggle? Okay, my struggle is just people won't wear... <laughs> mask that's that's the struggle i you know yeah i i get it the masks aren't perfect but it's meant to protect others from you it's just like a vaccine yeah and yeah you know what it's it's not an infringement of your rights if i got an abortion in ohio i would go to jail okay which also so, is not a infringement of rights what i decide to do with my body should not be illegal. That's, the, I mean, yeah, but that that's a that's an that's a very different argument day. for a different time. You know, it, wearing a mask in a business, they can deny you business. It's just like wearing shoes or a shirt. Yep. You know, and okay, yeah, the mask may not be perfect, but look at the rest of the world. The rest of the world has gone back to a somewhat normal. Ooh, not Sweden. They're doing bad. Well, not They're Sweden. Really, really bad. But the rest of the world who wore their masks who didn't make it an issue because they were like, oh, okay. People. This is this is going to help the good of the whole. I don't know why people don't want to help the good of the whole. I I don't know what it is. I don't know if people know. think that this is like leading to socialism or something like that, which is not. But it's just, I, you know, it's, it's just It's stupid. just a, a thing where even I, I came from a, my family has a, a very big medical background. There were lots of nurses, PAs, medical assistants, doctors, whatever. It was always a normal topic of conversation. Be like, if you're sick and you got to go somewhere, maybe you should wear a mask or maybe you should stay home and don't go to work. Like, we were in a culture where coming into work sick was seen as a big win and you're just infecting your office or infecting others around you, like, come on. You shouldn't go to work if you have the flu. You shouldn't go to work if you have coronavirus. You shouldn't go to work if you have any symptoms. Just wear a mask or stay the fuck home. Stay the fuck home and rest because I want you at your best. I don't want you when you feel like shit. I mean, I want you, but I don't want you to feel like shit and not perform. Exactly. 
That's also my struggle. It's a very similar struggle. I'm just tired of people's stupidity. It's not even like a mask thing anymore to me. I'm just tired of stupid people and ignorant people who just don't care. Oh, I have I have to get off Facebook because I just I see it so much because me I'm not, I'm not trying to categorize the area, but there are a lot of anti-masker people yeah, around the area it's that just I'm from. It's people in. who I think don't care about themselves. Or they no. all, I'm sorry, I will rephrase it. They only care about themselves. They don't yep. care about anybody else around them. And they think they're invincible. I don't, I don't know why that is in this country. I just, I feel like I keep seeing that common theme where it's, it's all about me, myself, and I. And like, I get it. You, you know, you, you gotta be there for yourself. You gotta do what you gotta, you gotta, gotta do. You gotta take care of you, but, but, where is that happy medium, guys, where we also are trying to care for America as a whole? Yep. You know? Yep. I would I would never forgive myself if I went Ooh, out. You're getting emotional. I would I would never forgive myself if I went out without a mask on and was just living normal life. Yep. And then I came home and one of my parents got sick. My mom actually got really sick back in February and we're really convinced that she had it back then. Yep. It's just you you got to think about the people that you love. You don't want to harm them. Like don't forget about them. Yeah. You but know? you know what? There's people who don't give a fuck and if you don't give a fuck, well, I'm sorry. I'm still going to continue to wear my mask because I will always give a fuck. I'm going to I'm going to wear my mask because you know, it's, it's what you got to do to just get through this. Yeah, it's and it's a mentality, too, with New York of New Yorkers take care of each other. And there are other people who have that same mentality of we take care of each other. And I hope that one day people start to shift that mentality. But for now, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. My routine every time I leave the house will be like mm-hmm. wallet, keys, mask, phone, hand sanitizer I, in that order. I promise you the government asking you to wear a mask is not you you know your rights being taken away Correct. and i can promise you that the there will not be a microchip in the vaccine first of all because if the government really wanted to track you they wow, have your you social security there. number they, they have you your facebook there. i had to go there i'm sorry i'm sorry damn they we were gonna end on a really good note <laughs> you can always cut it out i probably won't <laughs> <laughs> but it's just another discussion for another day guys we're gonna get through this pandemic just keep doing you Love yourself. Stay safe. Take care of yourself. And take care of your friends and family. Well, guys, on that note, (laughs) it is time to wrap up this catch-up episode because I'm way more excited to record the dating series, which is going to be 3.2 from Questions From You. Once again, guys, my name is Alyssa. I'm Sabrina. And thanks for keeping it together with us this week. And we'll see you back next week for episode 3.2. Keeping it together I'm sure it's